Thank you for taking some time for your busy schedule to listen to Life Versus Work here on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and Life Versus Work tries to find that delicate balance between the responsibilities of work and maintaining a happy, healthy rest of your life. Dr. Thomas Fenske, an interventional cardiologist with Wheaton Franciscan Healthcare, visits us in the studio today to give us some of the information that uh, maybe can help us regarding heart health, particularly as it pertains to the workplace. Thank you uh, for coming in here today, Dr. Fenske. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Definitely. Great to have uh, an expert in this area in here. And really, just to get started, uh, if you could maybe describe your duties uh, and experience in terms of the heart and what you've done and, and basically seen throughout your uh, career. Yeah, I'm an interventional cardiologist. Uh, I've been in practice uh, since 1996, so that makes about uh, 15 to 16 years of practice in cardiology. And uh, my kind of principal belief is the best way to treat heart disease is to prevent it from ever happening in the first place. Sure. And my goals are pretty much divided into three. Number one is detection, so early detection of heart disease. Uh, number two is prevention. As I said, uh, prevention is the best cure. And then number three, if detected, uh, then obviously working on trying to cure heart disease. Okay, good. And obviously, what we're dealing with here, it could kind of run the gamut, prevention and detection obviously being a part of this. And we're talking about the heart and obviously physically the organ, not love in this case. That would be an entirely different show. What would kind of be your breakdown in terms of how important the heart is for the body and for overall health for, for all of us, really? I think the heart is the most important organ. It's the most vital organ that without it beating, even if it skips a beat for, say, three or four seconds, that's enough for us to lose consciousness. So I think the heart is obviously the most vital organ and probably the most important. It's the organ that provides blood, which supplies oxygen to all the other organs in the body. And kind of as being the fuel of all the other cells, if something goes wrong with the heart, uh, shortly, they'll, you know, everything else will tend to fall apart. Well, and that's you know, part of the reason we wanted to bring you in here is just to kind of help people with that aspect of it. And obviously, we're looking at it more so in terms of the workplace, because just as at home, it can af- be affecting you at work. Uh, what do you see experience-wise um, from patients or other people you've talked to or your experiences in the workplace? What are, what are just some of the factors that really negatively affect the heart? Over the last several years, we've finally been able to really address stress as a significant heart risk factor. And I think it's been difficult to address this because stress can be so different in so many different people. Um, What might be stressful for you, uh, for me, may be very relaxing. But we definitely know that stress, that sort of emotional stress where you're not physically exerting, but your body is experiencing pressures from outside or mentally, uh, it seems that that negatively impacts on your cardiovascular health. And obviously you talk about stress and a lot of people, you know, hear that term and you kind of lump it in all together, but really aren't there different types of stresses that occur with people, whether it be a daily thing or, or some sort of serious uh, stress-related incident? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really important issue too. Yeah, that stress, I think in small aliquots, uh, we can maybe deal with, uh, but a lot of times with work and life issues, we're not talking, you know, about a few moments of stress, but we're talking about stress that is maybe even perceived, you know, having a deadline and that kind of working at you 24-7 for several weeks versus maybe just someone coming up behind and 
spooking you for a second. Um, yeah, I think it's that more prolonged, steady, uh, indwelling stress that is you know, most dangerous on your heart uh, as opposed to some more, you know, temporary stresses that we can uh, deal with. Right. You know, and talking about stress and some of the stuff I, you know, just tried to research a little bit, um, you know, there's an idea of good stress, so to speak, or that, you know, stress is expected. Like you're not expected to go through life without any kind of stress. I guess, is there a way to figure out the difference or when stress is okay and you're not have to worry about your health in that regard? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's kind of up to each individual, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think what's an interesting thing is a lot of times we'll have patients that are in the intensive care unit who are completely sedated and paralyzed and are on life supports. And even despite this, they'll develop stress ulcers. Really? Um, so, you know, it, uh, even stress that can be subconscious can affect, you know, the body negatively. Sure. Um, and it seems also that uh, heart attacks occur most often in the early morning hours. Okay. And it's, it's that time in the morning when our body's getting ready for the day at work or what have you that the body is releasing cortisol and catecholamines and all kinds of different hormones to kind of rev your body up for that fight or flight. And it's interesting that during that time, uh, about you know a third of the heart attacks occur within those first three to four hours in the early morning mm-hmm. as opposed to the rest of the day. And I think that stress people might not even you know know that they're under stress and uh, be experiencing it. So I think to to answer your question, you know I, I think some people are able to determine whether or not they're having you know bad stress that may be deleterious to their heart, and then there's other people that may not be that in tune to their body, right. and it's only after prolonged episodes you know that they start to develop an ulcer or you know have. Uh, heart condition. Um, so sometimes it, it, you know, it, it may be the individual, but also sometimes other people around that person may, you know, point out to them, like, you look stressed, you right. feel it, <laughs> you know, and uh, when you kind of do your introspection, you might realize that, yeah, in fact, you know, that was stressful. Yeah. Sure. So then, I mean, you bring up that interesting point about the, the most of the heart attacks or many of them happening in the morning hours. Is it a thing then where, especially at a place like work, where our minds obviously are powerful as well, that we can almost logically push that stress aside. But then, as you said, subconsciously, eventually it kind of comes out. I mean, is that is that where that breakdown is, do you think? Or Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And I think that sometimes, you know, some pe- it seems like people that get up and maybe exercise before work, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of get their body in sync with their normal sort of catecholamine rushes mm-hmm. that tend to deal better with stress. So I think, you know, there can be things you can do, especially, you know, at, at work, measures you can use to alleviate stress, um, you know, such as maybe getting up and, you know, exercising before work, or for some people, it may be taking that five minutes out, you know, with a cup of coffee uh, and relaxing that way before work. Um, I'm not sure if that answers exactly what, uh, I mean, and and obviously we'll get into some of those even in more detail as far as, you know, things people can do to maybe counteract some of the effects, especially, as you said, even in the morning before you really start your day. Along those lines, then, in terms of like patients that you've had or even any type of experiences you've had, when people come in and maybe complain about some sort of issue, stress-related, they believe, is there a, a breakdown of home stress versus work stress? Or is a lot of times they're not sure where it comes from, I guess? How, what, have, what has been your experience as far as what patients tell you in terms of maybe their stress level or what kind of problems it could cause on the heart? Yeah, and I think that's that's one interesting thing about being a doctor I've really learned is that 
people's perception of stress is so individual. Mm. Um, and what I think would be, you know, is stressful. Um, when I talk to patients, I might think, you know, it's that doesn't seem stressful to me at all. Sure. But then once they elaborate as to, you know, how they're perceiving it, uh, that sometimes people that, you know, having uh, nothing to do, sometimes people, you know, as they get older or, you know, disabled or whatever, are really limited as far as what they can do. Right. And uh, so for them, you know, just having to sit and read the paper, watch TV another day, is, <laughs> it, they'll say is so stressful. <laughs> um, right. And then I have other patients that are, you know, air traffic controllers or <laughs> FBI, you know, right. uh, people that are on the, you know, constantly on the watch. Um, and they say that that isn't stressful. So it's, yeah, stress is really one of those things that is very individual. And I, I don't, you know, we really don't have a good measure, you know, or dipstick to really determine, you know, what is, you know, a person, you know, what will make a particular person stressful, you know, and and to what degree. So, sure. so I, you know, really every day it's, there's always something different I hear, you know, that it might be a dog, you know, a sick dog, and, right. uh, or even, you know, uh, uh, you know, some other animal that, you know, we don't really, you know, have a lot of uh, attachment to normally, you know, but some people will say, you know, boy, once their pet parakeet died, you know, that was just the worst. They had lived through World War II and the, you know, right. cancer and, you know, it, uh, but it just took that one incident uh, for them really was stressful. Sure. Um, and you can usually see it on their faces, you know, their their lack of sort of sleep and stress. Um, and I and we now know that 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 all those kind of negative things cause our body, you know, our blood to thicken and uh, all kinds of inflammatory changes to occur mm -hmm. and put us at uh, predisposed risk for heart attack and cardiovascular problems. And that was kind of the next thing I wanted to, to get to in terms of stress, no matter what type it might be. What specifically kind of things does stress manifest itself into in terms of, you know, affecting the heart or, or causing ailments to the heart? Yeah, um, stress uh, definitely increases the body's catecholamines. Um, it which makes, it, I don't mean to interrupt you, which is, because you oh, said that a okay, couple times yes, I wanted the, to ask. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, cat those are adrenaline. The okay. body makes okay. its own uh, adrenaline, uh, you know, sort of uh, medicine that you see, you know, given out in the the field and sure. in military and that um, and that adrenaline not only raises the blood pressure, increases the heart rate, but also causes the platelets to get stickier and the blood actually to get a little thicker and be more apt to clot. Okay. I, I think it may be a normal response, you know, if we're in so, you know, sort of a fight or flight mode, if we do end up getting injured, our body's able to heal any bleeding or stop any bleeding by thickening the blood. Sure. Uh, but with stress that's emotional, we're sitting and, you know, not moving and we're not compensating for these changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and thickening blood. And as a result, it can cause problems just at rest with plaque rupture and blood clotting and heart attacks. I like how you kind of broke it down in that way because our bodies weren't necessarily designed for one thing or another. And we, we do different things that may or may not affect us via stress or the heart. Um, so I think it's important you bring that up because we have to talk in so much generalities here because of the different types of people that are listening. So um, I do appreciate that. Again, this is, in, this is trying to maybe personalize it a little more, but in terms of maybe something someone's doing at work, like a bad habit, or maybe it's not even at work, it's something that they bring from home to work, um, whether it be lack of sleep, uh, if some sort, um, poor food habits, 
issues with a coworker. I mean, are any of those strong triggers? Is that something that you warn against towards people as far as maybe little bad habits that people uh, participate in? Yeah, I, I, that's a, you bring up uh, two really excellent points. Uh, one is lack of sleep. Yeah, I, I definitely people that are not getting that nice restorative REM sleep at least six to eight hours a day are not giving their body that time for their sort of natural uh, circadian rhythm of adrenaline and that to get in sync. And and also along with stressful, busy lives, you know, we are limiting the time we take to eat and often our choices of food. You know, what's quickest is usually not what's healthiest. Right. Uh, <laughs> and they say you should sit down and really, you know, totally digest your food and you know, yeah, if you're at work and you're uh, really rushing and pushing it down without really even noticing how much you're eating or what you're eating, right. you know, that's definitely going to impact your heart, yeah. And then any sort of, you know, bad interactions with coworkers, uh, you know, that may cause you, you know, also just to be on a higher level of anxiety and, uh, you know, not, you know, again, kind of maybe eating or doing some other behaviors, you know, sure. that are contraindicated you know, uh, under stress. Yeah. Right. Then for those people that maybe who are struggling with this kind of thing, or maybe they're concerned about stress, or they've, they've had to go in because they've had, you know, little heart issues kind of thing. Say you're writing the book on being heart healthy at work. What are some of like little tips and tricks and uh, little pieces of advice you could give to people to, to stay healthy, to be able to, you know, counteract maybe some of the negative effects that would happen in the workplace? Yeah, I think first and foremost is to be in motion. Um, you know, a lot of our jobs nowadays are on the computers and mm -hmm. we're sitting in chairs. And I think, you know, uh, a big important part of it is to try to be as active as you can within the confines of your, you know, sort of job. You know, I, I think it's great to take the stairs. I see a lot of signs around lately right. saying, you know, <laughs> be healthy, take the stairs. So I, and that's a great idea. You know, and if you're going to, if you have a, a message you want to send someone rather than emailing them or text them, you know, maybe take the chance to go down to the third floor right. and talk to them personally. Try to get as much physical exercise you can out of your day. And also I think it's good to take some time also to just kind of relax and reflect. You know, sure. I think that uh, every couple of hours, maybe a five to 10 minute uh, timeout where you just kind of go and try to relax and gather your thoughts and try to uh, do some either biofeedback or some relaxation technique uh, can lower your heart rate and blood pressure. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you bring that point up and I think that's big, especially, you know, you read studies on how much people are working, especially in certain countries like here, taking that time out. I know there's a lot of pressure on people to make sure they're always working or getting, you know, meeting their deadlines, that kind of thing. Um, I guess, what does that do to the heart, the body, the mind to be able to just take a step back as opposed to, you know, pushing forward and get that done? Because a lot of people think, well, I'm being unproductive. I'm not, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just resting. I shouldn't be doing that at work. I guess what would be your response to them? Yeah, I think it's kind of like, you know, running a motor. You know, if you run it continuously without stopping, eventually, you know, you're going to run into problems. Um, whereas if you take the motor and fre frequently stop and get oil changes and let it rest, cool down. Right. I think it's more productive. Yeah. Sure. And I think it's interesting. Yeah, uh, some workplaces have athletic equipment in the office. And I still say that, oh, there's nothing better than the exhilarating feeling you have after a good workout. Mm -hmm. I think you're 
uh, brain is getting higher levels of oxygen through higher blood flow. And personally, I, I feel, you know, after a good vigorous workout, much more intense ability to concentrate and just a better positive attitude towards working. So I think sometimes that little time out, you can actually probably double your pro- productivity thereafter. Right. Uh, I mean, I tend to agree too, just from past experiences. Um, with that in mind, as, in terms of companies, what kind of things maybe have you seen or heard that they are doing to help promote healthy habits, um, to make sure that their employees are taking care of themselves, taking care of their heart? Because I would venture a guess that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was just an afterthought, but now it seems like it's a little more prevalent. So what are the things maybe you've seen or heard um, kind of around the business world? Yeah, I've seen a couple of really great examples. Um, and I can think of one uh, in particular is Quad Graphics um, has a, a wellness clinic right on site. Okay. Uh, so employees have the ability to go in, you know, and see a physician or a nurse. Um, and a lot of times they, I think, uh, even as they walk in, sometimes can have interaction and feel like, you know, the nurse is there and, you know, maybe she's going to check my blood pressure. And they also have workout equipment there. Mm. And I know they encourage their employees um, to use the workout equipment on their lunch breaks or breaks. Uh, and uh, I think that's that's a great idea. And I think they also have a lot of uh, sort of health maintenance programs where they have blood pressure screening and cholesterol screening and uh, give uh, employees uh, ample opportunity uh, and access to, you know, seeing a health professional if they have any concerns, uh, if they're having some chest pain or right. stress or, you know, that uh, it's not a big deal having to take off, you know, they can just kind of walk down the hall and uh, get seen by one of the company nurses or doctors. And uh, so I, I think they've really made a, a big stride uh, in that area. Sure. I mean, I, do you think overall you've kind of seen that? I mean, from when you started to now and maybe just things you've heard or, or seen as far as being able to help employees with that side of things? Yeah, I am seeing a lot more wellness programs at uh, different em- employers, yeah, which I think is great, mm-hmm. yeah. I think uh, it is, you know, neat to see that they, a lot of places do offer, you know, either some exercise equipment or a nurse, you know, that is on site that is hoping to promote health. I think they've realized that having somebody come to work and get checked out is much more beneficial than them taking off and, and maybe right. being sicker um, and missing more days. Yeah. With that said, there's still obviously a lot of amount of personal responsibility on everyone to, you know, do little things to take care of themselves or avoid the things that might affect them negatively. One of the things that all of us kind of here chatted about are the idea, especially of food and drink and coffee at work. What's kind of the thought there on, you know, the effects of coffee? Uh, you know, because that's a big thing, obviously, especially in the mornings with people. I mean, is that something to really be avoided? Is it, you know, in moderation kind of thing? What's kind of your general feeling in terms of, of health habits and in, in drinking coffee? Yeah, that's an interesting, you know, th- thing that you bring that up because that coffee is one of those things that it depends on what, 10-year period you're in. Uh, <laughs> for a while there, we were in the period uh, where we thought coffee was bad. You know, right. it, it raises your blood pressure, it raises your heart rate. Um, but now we've begun to realize that the people that are used to drinking coffee, um, that it's maybe worse for them to stop drinking. Really? Um, yeah. And we used to not serve any caffeinated coffee on any of the cardiac floors 
thinking that it would, you know, aggravate their heart conditions. But we found that moderate, regular caffeine consumption is really not deleterious. Um, it's more problematic if you withhold coffee from sure. these patients. They, <laughs> they would tend to have more anxiety and uh, more caffeine withdrawal. But, right. uh, so the, the latest, uh, you know, uh, beat on the street is that it's, uh, coffee is okay in moderation and, uh, you know, not to overdo it. If you're really, you know, getting the jitters and shakes, uh, you know, that's sure. too much. But if you're someone that needs a cup or two in the morning to get going, yeah, we've, we've now kind of agreed that that's okay. All right. And then again, kind of in the same area, as far as food consumption, um, I mean, is there an idea at work that, I mean, snacking throughout the day is better or having that one meal? Um, or I guess just kind of maybe what you've Again, what you guys have talked about, what you've researched or examined as far as best habits, you know, as opposed to negatively affecting your, your health and your heart. Yeah, I think, um, I, I, you know, I, I think it's probably best to have small, uh, frequent healthy meals rather than the one or two large meals. Right. And it's interesting, at work, there's usually the worst choices, you know, there's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's usually the snack machine, which has, uh-huh. you know, Snickers and, uh, and the bottle, you know, the, the, thank God there's the water jug, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, usually the choices, we, we don't have carrots and celery, and, right. you know, things that uh, are nice to chew on. And, but I, yeah, we, we, I think having small, more frequent meals is, easier on your body. And and probably the way, you know, many years ago when we were hunters and gatherers, I think that's kind of the way our bodies were designed, you know, to just kind of have a constant small intake of, you know, vegetables and grains and and only occasionally, you know, have a come across a a meat meal or something like that. Yeah. Part of with all of this is the idea of, you know, you mentioned the different aspects of, you know, detection, prevention, that kind of thing. For somebody individually, maybe they're at the office. Um, are there signs or symptoms that would maybe give them a little clue that, hey, the stress is affecting you or, you know, something's going on with my heart or, I mean, are there little signs that maybe personally someone could pick up on or coworkers or an employer could end up seeing or, or discovering? Yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, that's really important. I can't tell you how many patients I've seen that when they come in for their first heart attack, the symptoms they're experiencing are not as dramatic as they would have been thought to believe. And oftentimes they'll say, boy, you know, I just had a little numbness in my arm or just felt like a little indigestion. Um, And it's probably nine times out of 10, it's the someone else uh, bystander kind of convincing the person and giving them that, you know, feedback like, yeah, you you look a little sweaty or you look a little pale. uh, that causes the patients then to say, and usually they're a little embarrassed too, you know, they, I don't want to cry wolf. Uh, right. But if you have someone else saying, you know, hey, you don't look so good, um, <laughs> it's a lot easier to to finally say, yeah, yeah maybe there is something wrong. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I, I think uh, with heart disease, yeah, it can come in so many different symptoms. You know, it could be short of breath, just dizzy, jaw pain, ear pain, you know, and uh, and sometimes co-workers that know you well can help you kind of put all those together and say, yeah, you've been under a lot of stress and you just don't look right. You, you might want to, you know, do you want me to take you down to the nurse and get checked out? And mm-hmm. and I'd say, you know, probably nine times out of 10, it turns into something and they're glad that they did. Yeah. Right. So with those symptoms, I mean, would you say if it seems to 
come out of the blue or they've never had it before? Is that a, a pretty good sign? Like say, you know, I've never had jaw pain, but all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the week or whatever, I, I have this just intense pain somewhere in that area. I mean, is that a decent sign that maybe you should, you know, at least get it checked out at this point? Yeah, particularly if you've never had that before. Right. And, and a lot of, there is this sense of we call impending doom mm-hmm. that people, when I ask them, you know, they had jaw pain or arm pain, but when I get down and, you know, really interview them further, they say, yeah, there was something about that pain that it just didn't make sense. You know, sure. I didn't have a sore tooth. I didn't chew on anything. You know, there there really wasn't a, an explanation. And, and that is even, you know, a, a reason to get concerned. Yeah. Okay. You know, we are running a little long time, so I definitely want to get to this last piece. And aside from obviously going in to, to get physically checked out by a doctor, which is important, if somebody does feel like they're getting to that point of stress or, um, you know, they're feeling just not themselves, what would be your best piece of advice that you could give them to maybe help them, you know, either calm themselves down or give them put themselves a little more at ease? Again, aside from going to a doctor, which is obviously, you know, the ultimate step that you should take if you're concerned, but maybe just one piece of advice that would help them before getting maybe to that point. Uh, I think really talking to other people, I, I think that helps a lot alleviating a lot of stress. I think a lot of times, especially in the workplace, uh, people are maybe perceiving things, you know, may feel like maybe they're not doing a good enough job or Mm -hmm. someone else isn't doing their job. And and I think uh, by talking to other coworkers, to talking to friends, you know, turning to other humans and kind of bouncing off their reasons, you know, for stress. And a lot of times, uh, you'll find, you know, that they're, whatever stress they're feeling, sometimes it just, you just need to hear from a coworker, you know, I'm stressed out too. You know? yeah. I, and I, I think for me, all, you know, going through medical school, the, there was nothing better than, you know, studying and being so worried that you were going to flunk than to hear <laughs> the top student in the whole world say, I'm nervous too that I'm going <laughs> to flunk. You know, you suddenly right. feel like, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not that bad. Sure. Yeah. Right. So. Great. Well, unfortunately, we are pretty much out of time here on this subject, but we do want to encourage everyone to listen here again on Life vs. Work. Our expert today was Dr. Thomas Fenske, interventional cardiologist for Wheaton Franciscan Healthcare. Thanks again for coming and giving us all that insight today. Thank you very much for having me. And of course, for all of you listeners, please feel free to send us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or questions or suggestions for us. For everyone here at localjobnetwork.com radio, I'm Tim Muma. Take care. <laughs>